Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time are you being influenced if you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade then there's a chance it's been influenced by the chinese communist party Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries, or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. 
Dr. Fauci goes before the Senate today. We'll show you the highlights of that. Sports, maybe some baseball. Hold on, I'll elaborate on that a little further. And maybe the greatest mystery in the world. We finally have our answer. All that's coming up right now, but I'm right. Dr. Fauci. He went before the Senate today, and we're about to play you the Democrats making it political. We'll play the thing that has everybody yelling at Rand Paul. We're going to play all that for you here in just a moment. But does it wear you out when you take a step back and think about it just a little bit, how Dr. Fauci is a household name, how Dr. Fauci is giving public testimony on TV before the United States Senate, that I turned on the NFL draft a couple weeks ago. There's Dr. Fauci doing a coronavirus infomercial on it. That for a while, Dr. Fauci was giving press conferences right after the president every day. I know I'm not trying to nitpick here, but it's weird to me. It's weird that an expert of any kind, I'm not, I'm not questioning the man's credentials, that an expert of any kind would be given the reins like this? Be given such freedom like this? Such national recognition like this? We have all these idiotic polls now, people wanting him to run for office. People saying he's one of the sexiest men alive. I'm not even making that up. That's out there right now. It's weird to me. Dr. Fauci is an infectious disease expert. Dr. Fauci should be in the room helping the president make informed decisions, helping the country, the states, the cities make informed decisions on the path forward controlling a pandemic. I'm not saying otherwise, but nobody elected Dr. Fauci. Nobody's going to elect Dr. Fauci. I realize everyone's trying to make this political, especially the Democrats right now, but when this whole pandemic's over, that man's going to disappear, and you're never going to hear from him again. And I think it's weird we've given such a prominent voice to an unelected doctor. I think it's odd. I think it's odd that it's a very big deal Dr. Fauci spoke in front of the Senate today, and it is a very big deal. But one thing that's not odd is Democrats making this political. I am long past the stage where I was childlike in my innocence, where I thought things could bring the country together, bring the parties together, put away that notion. That is a notion that you think the United States of America used to be something it never was, and that you think we're going to be something we're never going to be. We've always been divided. Have there been many times in our history where both parties did come together? Of course, of course. I would argue, though, we are past that time. We are past that time. And why am I convinced of that? Well, look at what we have now. We have tens of thousands of Americans dead from a pandemic. We do. Um, that's a big deal. We have 33 million people unemployed in two months. Just so you understand, all these comparisons between the recession or the Great Depression there is no comparison for that kind of unemployment in two months. Unemployment didn't hit 10% in the Great Depression until two years, years. In two months to wipe out that many jobs, we have never seen anything like it in the United States of America, nothing even close. 
That's where we're at right now. And so with dire, dire situations like the one we have, you would think, okay, this is the time we can all come together. Let's come to an agreement here. We're going to lay down our swords for just a little while. Let's get through the pandemic. Let's get uh, people back to work somewhat, and then we'll go back to sniping at each other. And I'm fine with that, but you see what's happening here, people. We have the Democrats for the most part, and the media, which I realize that's do the same thing, they're spouting Chinese talking points. They are repeating things the Communist Party of China tells them verbatim. They are, we had the governor of New York flat out call the China virus, coronavirus, the virus that everyone knows came from China. He called it the European virus. I'm not making that up. This has become something that has divided us because in order to get Trump, in order to take back power, the Democrat Party has decided that this is a political issue. Nobody's worse at that than Chuck Schumer. Here he is. The American people need to hear from experts in a fair, open, and truthful setting. Until now, we've mostly heard from the members of the Coronavirus Task Force through the distorted lens of the White House press conference, where the president often prevents them from answering fully, interrupts their response, or even contradicts their fact-based advice. This will be one of the first opportunities for Dr. Fauci to tell the American people the unvarnished truth without the president lurking over his shoulder. Dr. Fauci, let it rip. Does that make you uncomfortable? Even as a Democrat, I know we have many Democrat viewers, let it rip? Does that seem like Senator Schumer has the interest of the American people at heart? Or does that seem like Senator Schumer is saying, hey, Now's the time to rip Trump. Let her rip. Come on, man. It's about the tens of thousands dead. It's about the millions of jobs wiped out. This is not a time for Democrats to say, oh, we're going to get Trump. Senator Murray got in on the action. The Trump administration's response to this public health emergency so far has been a disaster all on its own. Delays, missteps have put us way behind where we need to be on diagnostic tests and allowed inaccurate antibody tests to flood the market. Corruption and political interference have impeded efforts to secure desperately needed personal protective equipment and promoted dangerous unproven treatments. Okay. I love it how they don't they don't even have their talking points memorized. You can see her the whole time. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. Very well done. At least one senator appeared to be taking this thing seriously and started asking questions that aren't popular. And before we get to Rand Paul's question, let's, let's just say this. You should, as a Republican, part of your stated goals, congressman, senator, president, you should be saying things that make people angry. You should be saying things that make people uncomfortable. If every senator gets up there and asks questions that everybody's okay with, then none of you are thinking. None of you are actually asking the tough questions. And don't we deserve answers to those questions? Should we just lay down like sheep while the government destroys us? I love it. Take it away, Rand Paul. 
much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy, and the facts will bear this out. But if we keep kids out of school for another year, what's going to happen is the poor and underprivileged kids who don't have a parent that's able to teach them at home are not going to learn for a full year. And I think we ought to look at the Swedish model and we ought to look at letting our kids get back to school. I think it's a huge mistake if we don't open the schools in the fall. Thank you. Brings up an excellent point. Reopening schools in the fall. Let me ask you something. What are you going to do with your kids if schools don't reopen the fall? I know the norm out there now is both parents working, better or worse. That's the norm in the United States of America. Um, what do we do? We cannot let a virus, even if it was as bad as they said it was going to be, and it's nowhere near that, but even if it was, we cannot let a virus completely take away our way of life in the United States of America. It's not believable. People won't even do it. It's insane. Dr. Fauci, he has grave concerns, though, about reopening. What we have worked out is a guideline framework of how to safely uh, open America again. And there are several checkpoints in that, with a gateway first of showing, depending on the dynamics of an outbreak in a particular region, state, city, or area, that would really determine the speed and the pace with which one does re-enter or reopen. So my, my word has been, and I've been very consistent in this, that I get concerned if you have a situation where the dynamics of an outbreak in an area are such that you are not seeing that gradual over 14 day decrease that would allow you to go to phase one. And then if you pass the checkpoints of phase one, go to phase two and phase three. What I've expressed then and again is my concern that if some areas, cities, states, or what have you, jump over those various checkpoints and prematurely open up without having the capability of being able to respond effectively and efficiently, my concern is that we will start to see little spikes that might turn into outbreaks. Okay, but we have greater concerns. And I'm actually not putting this on Dr. Fauci. This is a part where I'm, I'm not putting it on him. This is on the president. This is on governors. This is on mayors. I never voted for Dr. Fauci. You never voted for Dr. Fauci. I voted for President Donald Trump. I plan on voting for President Donald Trump again. I understand Dr. Fauci is going to be a voice in the room when we're dealing with the pandemic. I get that. But he has to be a voice in the room, not the voice in the room. Do you understand what I'm saying? Dr. Fauci cannot take his grave concerns and make them policy or suggestions for the United States of America because we have bigger concerns than coronavirus. America is not a virus. America has a virus. We have certain areas that are greatly affected by the virus, but we are many, many things. We are a huge nation, 330 million people, endlessly complicated, moving parts all over the place, and we've treated the entire country as if it were a virus. Dr. Fauci, as an infectious disease expert, is always, without question, going to err on the side of more medical solutions, more quarantines, more lockdowns, because that's his job. Somebody, somebody had better step in here 
and pull the reins back on this crap because I've had about enough of it. And then what you've done is you've paved the road. Testimony like today paves the road for idiots like this Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania. He's not even hiding his tyranny anymore. He's just flat out threatening people. To those politicians who decide to cave into this coronavirus, they need to understand the consequences of their cowardly act. The funding we have put aside to help with fighting this crisis will go to the folks who are doing their part. And that includes our CARES Act funding, which will be used to support counties that are following the orders to prevent the spread and the medical communities who are treating patients. However, other discretionary funding won't go to counties that put us all at risk by operating illegally. To the politicians urging businesses to risk their lives and the risk of the lives of their, their customers or their employees by opening prematurely, they need to understand that they are engaging in behavior that is both selfish and unsafe. You business owners, these politicians put you at risk of losing your health department certificate. They put you business owners at risk of losing your liquor license. They put you business owners at risk of losing your certificate of occupancy. All of these depend upon your doing everything you can to keep your patrons safe. And by opening before the evidence suggests you should, you're taking undue risks with the safety of your customers. That's not only morally wrong, it's also really bad business. Businesses that do follow the whims of local politicians and ignore the law and the welfare of their customers will probably find themselves uninsured. Did that creep you out? I understand I have a lot of pro-lockdown people still. Watch my show. Who can blame you with all the entertainment? Let me just say this, and this is going to be very, very in your face, and I'm not even slightly sorry about it. If that didn't creep you out, you have completely lost what it means to be a United States of American citizen. You don't know what it means to be free. If you think a governor, under any circumstances, should be allowed to stand up there and make not-so-subtle threats like that, you've lost what it means to be free. Find it again. Elon Musk, I can't believe all these people who've spent years lecturing me about the Constitution and freedom and liberty and woo-hoo-hoo, they all laid down like sheep for the lockdowns and were banking on freaking people like Elon Musk to fight liberty, fight for liberty. Good for him. Elon Musk, he's packing up. He's leaving California. Elon says, quote, Tesla is filing a lawsuit against Alameda County immediately. The unelected and ignorant interim health officer of Alameda is acting contrary to the governor, the president, our constitutional freedoms, and just plain common sense. Frankly, this is the final straw. Tesla will now move its HQ and further programs to Texas slash Nevada immediately. If we even retain Fremont manufacturing activity at all, it would depend on how Tesla is treated in the future. Tesla is the last car maker left in California. Good for him. And in case you're wondering, by the way, how Democrats in California react to things like this, California Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez had, had this to say. Yeah, I'll just let you read it yourself. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. All right. We still have the biggest political scandal in American history that didn't even make the top of the show. Hang on. Well, these are dark times in America. Oh, I'm kidding. Yes, they are dark times in America, but we cannot get down over it. And look, 
If we have to take pleasure in anything, it's okay to be a partisan hack and take pleasure in the fact that you know Barack Obama is sweating his knickers right now. Now, no, he's not sweating because he think he's, thinks he's going to go to jail because none of these people ever go to jail. None of these people are ever held to account, ever. But he is sweating because St. Obama is facing a real reputation crisis. You remember. Do you remember his administration, the scandal-free, they always said? Remember how the media told you for years? And Obama, of course, repeated the lie. Scandal-free, never a scandal. Never even a hint of a scandal. Scandal-free, scandal-free, scandal-free. Um, I'm not even going to address Benghazi. You understand what happened during the Fast and Furious thing, right? Just quick recap here, sorry, before I get to this Flynn stuff. You understand that the United States government, the ATF, under President Barack Obama, they sent, well, they didn't even send. They allowed illegal purchases of AK-47s and 50 cows by the Mexican drug cartels. And they did this because, and I quote, they wanted to track the weapons back to the drug cartels. Do you know how many weapons they put a GPS tracker on? I'll give you a second. Two. Not two million. Not 2,000. Not 200. They put an actual tracker on two of the weapons they said they were going to track into Mexico to learn the location of the Mexican drug cartels. Oh, and I forgot to mention the two that they actually did put on, they lost signals shortly after they crossed the border. I'm sure the cartels found it and disabled it. So essentially, getting nothing back from it, we armed the Mexican drug cartels with heavy, heavy weaponry. You understand, not to get too graphic, it's a family show. I mean, I know many of you just finished dinner, and now you're kicking back with your feet up to watch the great me. But you understand that a 50 cal is an anti-vehicle weapon? that it will turn your body into a pink mist like that, we sent that weapon to the Mexican drug cartels. Barack Obama did. One of those weapons was used to kill a Border Patrol agent. And you didn't hardly hear a sniff about it, did you? In fact, I bet you, you didn't even know the details of Fast and the Furious until I just got done telling them to you. And this happened over a decade ago. Think about that. And never a whiff of scandal. Oh, there was plenty of whiffs of scandal. What there wasn't was a whiff of media coverage. But Obama, he's upset Flynn's going to get out of this whole thing. There is no precedent that anybody can find for uh, someone who's been charged with perjury just getting off scot-free. That's the kind of stuff where you, you begin to get worried that our basic understanding of, of rule of law is at risk. Here's a question for you. Just random question. Why would Barack Obama care so much about Michael Flynn, whether he's in prison, whether he gets off? Flynn wasn't in any way dealing with Barack Obama at the time that he got busted for this. I mean, Obama was still president. He was transitioning, but Flynn was working with Trump. Why would Obama care so much about Michael Flynn being exonerated? Hmm. 
Maybe something worth asking, right? Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell, she sounds like she might have a good idea. And then there's a meeting in President Obama's uh, Oval Office. Talk to us about that, Sydney, because Sal Yates was there, Jim Comey was there, John Brennan was there, James Clapper was there, briefing President Obama in the Oval Office on the Russia probe. Joe Biden and Susan Rice were there as well. This was January 5th, 2017. Walk us through it. Exactly. Well, the day before, Comey had found and McCabe had found the transcripts of Flynn's call with Kislyak and he briefed Clapper on it immediately. Clapper then immediately went and briefed President Obama on it. Then they have the Oval Office meeting on the 5th. Comey admits in his testimony that the FBI are the people that unmasked General Flynn, our people, whatever that means. And at the meeting on the 5th, Sally Yates was stunned because Obama mentions to her out of the blue about the call and the transcript of the call. She knew nothing about it Oops, because sir. Comey had briefed DOJ, yes. Yes. Yep. So, mm -hmm. so then they dispatched Comey the very next morning to brief President Trump only on the salacious aspects of the dossier on January 6th to set the news hook for BuzzFeed and CNN to run with the dossier they knew was a lie. Then Peter Strzok is right. watching CNN report on that and text yeah. about he and Priestap sitting there watching it and using it as a pretext to go interview some people. So the whole thing was orchestrated and set up within the FBI, Clapper, Brennan, and in the Oval Office so meeting that Do day with President Obama. So you think this goes all the way up to the top to President Obama? Absolutely. Um, that is a big, big deal. Because again, I don't want to belabor the point, but let's just walk through this. Hillary Clinton, her campaign, they use a guy, a disgraced foreign intelligence operative, Christopher Steele, to get information to come up with a dossier to dig dirt that's not unusual at all get some dirt on trump Steele packs this dossier full of information we now know to be false i'm not guessing i'm not actually being a partisan all kinds of ridiculous stuff this dossier then ends up in the hands of the fbi let's just be really political about this the fbi uses the dossier as well as some other things to approach the FISA court and get permission from the FISA court to open up an investigation and spy on the campaign of Barack Obama's political opponent. And now, according to Sidney Powell, according to Peter Strzok's own texts, by the way, when he said POTUS wants to be informed about everything, Obama knew everything. Um, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. While we need to re stop calling everything gate, and I realize we're calling this Obama gate now, and that'll probably stick, and there's nothing I can do about it. That's a very, 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 very big deal. If the president of the United States used the federal law enforcement arm to go after his political opponent and did so improperly, even if he did it properly, that would be a big deal. If he did it improperly, not that I'm under any illusion that it'll happen. Let's be honest, that should be jail time. We'll see how it turns out. All right, maybe you're stressed about this Flynn thing. Maybe you're stressed about coronavirus. Who knows? There's plenty to be stressed about now. But I do know this. There's nothing more stressful than being exhausted, laying down in your bed at night, 
and not being able to fall asleep because you can't turn this off. I know. I've gone through it a million times myself. You lay down, you want to go to sleep, and you can't turn this off, and it sucks. And what do you do? You either lay there miserable until you're staring at the clock like this at 2 a.m. thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to die at work tomorrow. Or you do the worst thing in the world and you reach for that bottle of sleeping pills. Well, I'll just take 90 of these. Don't do that. Stop taking anything. Get an ebb sleep. It's a wearable device that actually specifically targets those thoughts that go through your head. And when you go to tryebb.com slash jesse, that's tryebb.com slash jesse, and you use the promo code jesse, you get 25 bucks off. Stop stressing about it. Stop those 2 a.m. nights staring at the clock. Go get an ebb sleep. Start feeling better. Joining me now, the Washington editor for Spectator USA, Amber Athey. Amber, before we get to all this new Obamagate stuff, which I kind of hate the Obamagate, the gate thing has been way, way overplayed, but we'll address that in a second. Before we get to that, Dr. Fauci spoke before the Senate earlier today. Obviously, Democrats are going to politicize it. Rand Paul went after him a little bit. What was your overall impression of how Fauci did, how the Senate did? Well, it seems like there is this weird conflation now of medical experts with economic experts. And that was something that Rand Paul, I thought, pointed out pretty brilliantly. Uh, It's totally fair for Dr. Fauci to point out certain medical decisions to be made, whether that is in terms of the number of cases we have or how far this is spread. But it's not exactly his role to be deciding when states should be reopening. Uh, If he had it his way, the entire country would still be shut down. And yet Florida and Georgia have both made the decision to start reopening their economies and haven't seen, at least not yet, this giant surge of cases that they were expecting to. In fact, their numbers have continued to go down. So it would seem to me that the economic task force that the president is putting together should be focused on the business side of this. And the coronavirus task force should, I guess, if you don't have a better way to say it, stay in their lane. Amber, it seems weird to me, and I'm not one of these Fauci is a deep state communist spy plant guys. It's just just not that. But it seems weird to me that we've given anybody, Fauci, Burks, anybody, such a prominent role throughout this process. I understand people want to hear from a doctor or an expert, but it has always seemed odd that he's speaking at every press conference. He's giving, you know, infomercials at the NFL draft. He's now got a televised Senate speech. Um, Dr. Fauci, I want him in the room advising the president. I don't want him becoming the face of a pandemic. Am I weird or is everyone else weird? No, I 100% agree. The idea that we're conferring hero status on all of these people is really bizarre to me. It comes across as a little bit cultish. Everyone has now seen that meme of the Marvel superheroes looking down at the nurses walking through the wings of the hospital. (laughs) The whole thing is just super cringy. I mean, so I live in uh, Northern Virginia, which is home to like every white liberal wine mom in America. And when I go for a run, uh, you know, in the afternoon, these people literally have signs in their yards, Jesse, um, talking about clapping for healthcare workers, and they like oh. get their kids involved, and their kids put these paint handprints on them. The whole thing has just gone way too far, in my opinion. We can celebrate people, but we shouldn't lionize them. On what Rand Paul said, that's been my issue from the beginning. Is I felt like I, even in the beginning, when we didn't know what was going on that we just got ourselves caught up in this whole thing and we acted as if 
America is a virus, when America is not a virus. Parts of America have it, parts of America are fighting it, but we are many, many things. And I feel like we haven't, even to this point, ever gotten away from that. Everything in the world is geared towards this virus, and I see it causing so much friction. When does this end? When, does, when do people in charge turn around and say, uh, uh, we have other concerns here? I would hope that they would start thinking about this soon, but it doesn't seem like it because I was one of the people in the beginning who was willing to make a sacrifice and stay inside for a few weeks or a month if that meant making sure that a ton of lives were saved or flattening the curve and preventing hospitals from overcrowding. But now the goalposts have shifted completely, Jesse. We were told that this entire lockdown was meant to prevent, again, overcrowding in hospitals and to slow the spread. Now people are talking about waiting for a vaccine or waiting until deaths are down to near zero. This thing has been taken totally away from the original intention. And it feels like these experts are taking advantage of the American people's generosity. Amber, waiting for a vaccine? Now, obviously they didn't offer a PhD at my community college, but that's the end of America if we waited for a vaccine. Are people that dumb? Do people not realize there is no more United States if we waited to open up until there was a vaccine? It's unbelievable. And Fauci admitted today that it looks like it would take at least a year and a half to get a working vaccine. And that's with people rushing, which again, would give a lot of people pause in even taking that vaccine and feeling like it's safe. And yet you have polls showing that people don't want to return to normal. 60% of people don't want to return to normal until there is a vaccine. It's absolutely bananas. Amber, are you trying to say you wouldn't be excited to take a rushed vaccine for a deadly pandemic? <laughs> Look, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I feel like that's important to say. But let's remember what happened with the polio vaccine back in the 50s when uh, you know hundreds of people died because they were trying to rush this a vaccine and it ended up having a strain of polio in it that got people a lot of sick, uh, a lot of people sick. So I don't think any person really feels comfortable taking a medication that's been rushed um, to try to prevent a pandemic. There's just a lot of outside variables and other factors that I think would make a lot of people skeptical of doing that. And that's people who even have a lot of trust in the medical system, which I do. All right, I'm switching gears here, but I'm like a mongoose where I can just turn on a dime and you can't even see it coming. We're changing to Obamagate now. Um, first of all, we need a better name. This Obamagate thing does not work for me. I hate that we say gate after everything now. I'm glad this is finally leading back to Obama. I've been screaming about this for two or three years now. But come on, Amber, brainstorm with me on the air here. We need something better than Obamagate. I completely agree. I mean, it was just last week that we were using Bridgegate to refer to the Chris Christie scandal, where those uh, individuals were also considered to be victims of overcriminalization. We can't name every scandal after Watergate. There has to be something new. There has to be something new. And by the way, in all seriousness, we do bring up Watergate. Uh, we, people do realize that the president of the United States possibly directing the Federal Bureau of Investigation to open up a warrant on his political opponent is light years bigger than Watergate ever was, right? Yeah, and a bunch of legal scholars have been saying this ever since the steady drip, drip, drip of Russia documents have come out. And this Michael Flynn case is just the latest example 
of how the intelligence community was weaponized against the president and his campaign. In this case, Michael Flynn's lawyers apparently have not even seen a lot of the documents regarding his interview with the FBI. So they were not even prepared to really mount a defense in his case. So when you have people in the media pointing to his guilty plea as proof that he was lying about material information, it just doesn't comport with the facts. And now what we're trying to figure out is how much did Obama know? How much did he direct about this? Because if a sitting president of the opposing party to a, pre a presidential candidate was directing his intelligence community to go after, um, his, again, his political opponent, that is the deepest uh, example of corruption in our system that I could possibly imagine. Amber, I need you to make me less of a cynic right now. I feel like nobody is going down for it. And, uh, nobody ever does go down for it. I feel like James Comey isn't going down. Barack Obama will still be doing his $400 million Netflix thing with his wife, Michelle. I feel like nobody gets touched. Maybe some lowly FBI guy gets a slap on the wrist. But that look, I'm tired of it, but that's the way it goes. I, Barr sounds like he's taking it seriously, and they're talking about all these documents are going to come out, and heads are going to roll, and no heads ever roll. I feel the exact same way. I mean, the closest that we've gotten to justice is Andy McCabe getting fired for um, lack of candor, but he still wasn't even uh, indicted or, or charged or anything like that. So it just seems like all of these people have a bad reputation because of the documents that come out, but none of them ever face actual justice. And I'll tell you what, ever since Epstein was uh, committing suicide in his cell, I have become more of a mm. cynic than ever that these people are going to be held accountable, Jesse. Amber, have you read all the books on that shelf behind you? Be honest. I probably read 80% of them. Okay, well, look, that's honesty. Good. That's honesty. That's <laughs> I have one on my bookshelf at home when I have to do all these famous, super important TV interviews at home, and I've read like 5% of them, maybe. In fact, I have my kids well, read them too. Because I have books like The Hunger Games and The Chronicles of Narnia in there. So lots of good childhood reading. Yes, yes. <laughs> Amber Athey, Spectator USA, thank you so much. Thanks. I hate being a cynic, but she's right. You know nobody's going down for this whole thing. Just accept it now. It's all about the bar you set, people. Lower that bar. And whenever it comes to the government, really lower that bar. All right, we got more. Hang on. Joining me now for the first time ever here on I'm Right, Aubrey Huff, World Series champion Aubrey Huff and host of Aubrey Huff Off the Cuff. Um, why did you name your podcast Off the Cuff? Because I have heard it, and let me tell you what, it is the best locker room talk I've heard in quite some time. Do you really do that whole show just off the cuff? Uh, well, we, we try to have, I guess, a, a point to the story, a point to the podcast. <laughs> uh, we try to stick we try to stick to what what we want to convey, but Typically, I'm such an ADD type guy that I just go rogue, and so hence off the cuff. It, and it rhymes because I'm smart like that, huff and cuff. Well, so it just made sense. Well, you can't, you certainly can't argue with that kind of creative genius. All right, I wouldn't be argue, I wouldn't be 
I wouldn't be an esteemed journalist as I am without asking you about this baseball proposal I'm seeing today. And it's things like an 82-game season, totally makes sense, home stadiums, a universal designated hitter. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. And then they have to get the Players Association to agree to it. What would it be like, before we get to the, into the actual meat of this thing, to play with no fans? Would that suck? Would it be a relief? You're retired now. You can be honest. Well, I, I got to be honest with you, Jesse. It's uh, we all hate Major League Baseball spring training to, to start with, and there's actual fans in the stands. You're talking about you know two, three thousand fans in the stands, and it's still very boring to play in those games. I couldn't even imagine trying to pretend to care, making ten, twenty million dollars <laughs> a year that these guys are making with nobody in the stands. Uh, talk about, I guess huge Adderall abuse that would be happening just for these guys to get up and a lot of coffee. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm hearing that they're going to try to take votes of the Players Association, see if they come back or not. And I, the reason I'm asking this is because I see this coming with the NFL, too. They're going to try to pull the players. Uh, they're going to do it with the NBA. Who wants to come back? Who doesn't want to come back? What do you anticipate from that? I mean, these guys are still, even though they're getting some, they're still losing tons of money not playing, right? Yeah, I, I know a lot of baseball players now that I've talked to them recently, and you know they're not receiving anything. And, um, you know, some of these guys are, are doing well and they're doing fine and they've made plenty of money in the past. But there's there's up and coming players now that, you know, they're they're itching to get back into it. And, you know, it, it's just absolutely insane to me how this all happened. All this went down. One player in the NBA got the coronavirus and the entire sports thing just shut down. And I got to tell you, brother, I played in 2009 with the Baltimore Orioles when the swine flu was the big deal. Right. And. Every, nobody was panicking then. There was three players that we know of that contracted the swine flu in the major leagues. These guys went home for a week, came back, and kept playing. Nothing shut down. The world didn't stop. We're not wearing masks. And I, for me, Jesse, the only difference I see is who's the sitting president from then and now. Yeah. Uh, when do you think is... I, I'm trying to uh, picture the American people right now and how scared they clearly still are. We have all these poll numbers, man, and it's terrible. I mean, you and I have talked about this offline. It's terrible. These people are still scared to death. When do we pack a stadium again? I, I, I think you can rule out this year they won't even allow it. What is it, a year? Two years? Is it six months? Am I totally off base? Because people want to get out there and live. But do you honestly see the American people packing 50,000 people in a baseball stadium next year? I don't see any reason that shouldn't happen by next year. I mean, to be quite honest with you, I live in Southern California here, and the rules that these people are, are, are implementing in Southern California as far as the beaches go, it just finally started opening up. I mean, I have a dog. I can take my dog to the dog beach, but he has to be on the leash um, from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m., but he can be off the leash from 6 in the morning to 8 in the morning. Uh, prior to this... Well Surfers, surfers could go surf, but we couldn't stand on the beach. So how the hell did the surfers get into the water unless they were going on the beach? They're just these <laughs> rules and regulations, I don't understand what's going on. The, the fact of the matter is, I mean, and you could go into Walmart, you can go into Home Depot, you can go to all these stores, grocery stores, you're right next to people, but you can't go to a voting booth in November. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I think you have to be a blind sheep 
to not see what's going on. That's my opinion. Maybe the most California thing I've ever heard in my life is what you just said. You guys have a special dog beach, did you say? Yes, that's how we roll here in Southern California. You know, we, we, we uh, sip uh, champagne and we have caviar and then we take our dogs to dog beach. <laughs> All <laughs> right, politics. And we have dog, dog crap on the, on the beach. Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt about that with white gloves. Politics and sports. Obviously, you've been outspoken, but outspoken on a way different side than we've seen from most sports stars. Now, I'm not under any impression that these professional athletes who've busted their rear ends their whole life are mostly liberals. I would assume it's very much the other direction, although you can correct me on that. But the only ones who feel comfortable speaking out about it, especially while they're playing, are the guys who have to be the newest social justice warrior guy. My question to you is, when did that happen? Because, I mean, I grew up in the Jordan era. I mean, the NFL, Barry Sanders era. You had these guys who were stars. But I, I don't, to this day, I don't have any idea what their politics are. It's different now. When and why? It, it, it felt like, to me, everybody's blaming Donald Trump for this, uh, the, the politics and sports thing. I argued to say that it was during the Obama era. I don't remember before Obama anybody complaining about uh, you know, especially athletes. Most athletes, honestly, I know I didn't when I played. I didn't have a social media presence. I didn't care who was president. I honestly didn't vote until I got out of Major League Baseball. I did not care because all I could control was my effort, and I had enough to worry about on my plate than to worry about politics. Major League Baseball was hard enough. And I didn't feel the need to, to go out there and just drop, just take all my opinions on politics for people out there to hear. They want to see me play baseball. They don't want to hear me talking about politics. And um, I feel like, honestly, to touch on your question about how many guys in sports are conservative and uh, liberal, I can only speak for Major League Baseball. But from the guys I played with from 2000 to 2012 when I retired, I would say, I've always said this, about 80% at least are conservative. That's not, that's not surprising in the least. Now, explain to me the tie-in between that and the panicky public we have. Now, the public has changed, right? This isn't just in my mind. I, I see a public that was so easily manipulated, and I say to myself, you brought up social media. This, uh, this has to be a social media thing. This has to be at least in part because of social media now, right? Where bad information can travel around the world 20 times before the truth ever comes out. I mean, honestly, Aubrey, I think about it. What if social distancing isn't even right? And you have that everywhere now. It's just commonly accepted term. I, I feel like this whole thing is, is way deeper than just the coronavirus. I honestly tell people all the time, if Donald Trump wasn't president right now and we had the status quo where Hillary was our president right now, none of this is happening. This is a darker agenda. This has everything to do with getting Donald Trump out of office. And you watch, Jesse. I can guarantee you this. We're kind of slowly opening back up. You watch what happens. We're going to start getting the economy going up a little bit. And watch this second wave of coronavirus that is mutated. And it's going to infect so many more people come. And it's going to freak everybody out even more. People are going to start wearing hazmat suits, and then we're going to go into a complete crisis <laughs> lockdown. We're going to go into the November election with everybody mail-in voting. We're going to go. This is the plan, in my opinion. You call me a conspiracy theorist all you want. I'm wearing my tinfoil hat, but I know the <laughs> truth. And I believe that after this is all said and done, they're going to try and rob Donald Trump in the election. And after it's all over, 
after Biden, Biden won't be the nominee. He's not the nominee. There's no way. They're not that stupid. But after the Democrats get Donald Trump out, that's their plan. I don't think it'll work. Watch how fast this coronavirus nonsense will be done. Well, you think Biden's not going to be the nominee, so you're ready for President Newsom then, I'm guessing? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know what? Yeah, I'm a biblical type of guy. I believe in God. And, you know, I read scripture. I'm deep into Revelation. They talk about the Antichrist being suave, good-looking, tells you what you want to hear. This guy kind of (laughs) gives me that vibe. But um, listen, it can't be Biden. There's just no way. The guy can't speak. And, and I feel for the guy. It's almost embarrassing. I feel bad that they keep parading him out there. But it, my opinion, they're going to probably try and force somebody in that, I mean, you know how desperate Hillary is to be, to be president. Hold on. Thor! Ah! Shush! <laughs> that is the problem with stay-at-home quarantine when you're doing life from home. You got a dog, people ringing the doorbell. Anyway, think about this. What if, what if they're trying to use Biden to get into that nomination? and they pump in Hillary in there, or they pump in Michelle Obama even. That's my fear. You throw Michelle Obama in there, then, then we're in trouble. Yeah, then we are in trouble. All right, well, it Thor. sounds like Shush. your dog so, sounds like your dog needs to head to the special California dog beach. He is Aubrey Huff, World Series champion, host of Off the Cuff with Aubrey Huff. Highly recommend you download it. Thank you, buddy. You got it, Jesse. Good to be on. Be good. You heard it from the man, World Series champ. All right, hang on. People say a lot of things about me. It's generally, you know, oh, he's so smart. Oh, I think he's so handsome. I love him. He's the best. You know, it's just simple stuff like that. But every now and then, people get to who I really am. And they say, Jesse, he only cares about facts. He only cares about the truth. And long, long, long ago, after doing some serious digging, I became convinced that the Loch Ness Monster is real. And everybody said, Jesse, you're crazy. Jesse, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, eat your words now, scumbags, because we have brand new crystal clear footage out showing the Loch Ness Monster. Look at that. If that isn't a prehistoric dinosaur roaming the lake, eating anybody who dares step step a toe in the water, then I don't know what it is. Look, even, look at this, even part of it like disappears, it kind of goes under the water. People, what more evidence do you need? That's the Loch Ness Monster. I called it a long, long time ago. They don't call the show I'm Right for Nothing. (laughs) Tune in tomorrow. I may show you Bigfoot. See ya. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl... She got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. 
and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer, they will help you out. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time if you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.